You are listening to Homeschool Parents Podcast, the podcast where we chat all about the family project of homeschooling. I'm Joy Cherick. You can find me at litandlilies.com. I'm joined by my husband, Kevin Cherick. He blogs at homeschoolexperiment.com. We started our podcasting journey talking about the reasons we began homeschooling, and then we talked about the goals that we have. And so I thought it might be fun and enlightening to our listeners to discuss the benefits that we've seen so far, because it seems like every week I see something and I just go, I'm so glad we're homeschooling. So you have devised a list. I've made a list. And we're going to talk about it. Off the top of my head that I then cross-checked across lists that have been on the internet to make sure I didn't forget anything. And the lists are pretty similar. So we're not the first ones to do this list, but you just don't get the Kevin and Joy spin from all those other pretenders. All right. Where do you want to start? Start start with your- I'm just going to go- No, these are in no particular order. Okay. These are the things that just came right off the top of my head. The number one, it's not, there's in no particular order. Please see <laughs> 10 seconds ago on this podcast. The first benefit I listed was more sleep. And this is one oh. that I saw rarely. People don't think about this when they think, I'm going to pull my kid out of school. We didn't think about it. Oh, but I, I did academics. early on, you early did. on, when my friends were shuttling their children to preschool because they had to get up, and my kids were still asleep at seven thirty, eight o'clock in the morning. Early, you know, this is I'm talking about three year olds, but yeah. still, it was. I was always so glad that we didn't have to rush out the door. Usually, people are rushing out the door between. What, 8 and 8.30? What? I don't know. Maybe no. S- s- no. 6.30 and 7. That's true. My sister does Um, that. The majority of schools have a start time at like 7, 7.15. No. Um, no, we're not even out of bed by then. Um, Especially with the baby waking us there up There is a frequently. nationwide push to move starting times back after 8, after 8.30 um, to where I, they were in the 50s? I mean, I don't know. I looked at the schedule here in our local county, and a lot of them start 7.30, before like before 8 o'clock. or high school? Across, across the board. Um, and so pushing it back to start after 8 is even, even a tough. But, of course, you have transportation. So if your kid's early on the bus route or what have you. You know, we used to ask people, well, what time do you get up? What time? The getting up is one thing. I mean – a lot of times our kids are up at 6, yeah, 6.15. this morning, 5.30. However, there are also a lot of times where one or more of them are sleeping yeah. past 7.30, past 8, past 8.30. Now, that's true. we are lights out at 7.30, the so that's a 12-hour night. children or children who are either sick or in a growth spurt do the later, yeah. much later. The reason that's so important is there have been some studies on getting an extra hour of sleep for kids and the academic differences are dramatic. Um, There's one that I have not been able to locate since, but was in uh, Edina, Minnesota. And they moved their high school start time back an hour and saw drastic increases in SAT scores. 
uh, for the entire class. It just makes sense that in those times of development when the brain is adding a lot of size, like two-year-olds, three-year-olds, teenagers, etc., sleep is important. We're learning more and more about how important sleep is. And if you get the kid up because you have to meet this arbitrary schedule for school, that can be hindered. And most people don't put their kids to sleep as early as we do. Uh, Like I said, lights out at 730. The other thing is that's a benefit of not being a slave to the daily schedule of school is that when you have to get the kid either to school by the first bell or to the school bus stop or the hard stop, that is a recipe for conflict, right? When your kid is dawdling, not doing what's asked, et cetera, et cetera, you have to do everything for them. And it's We're late, we're late, we have to go catch that bus. That's a, an opportunity for conflict every single day that we just don't have. We have different opportunities for conflict. We don't have that one. This is about the <laughs> benefits of homeschool. Yeah. Uh, so that all goes into the sleep uh, discussion. Um, and it flows right into my next benefit, which was not being aligned with the school schedule. We talked a little bit about the daily. Um, also, obviously, the annual school schedule. So yeah. we can go on vacation when everybody else is in school. We can go on field trips, run errands. You know, being disconnected from the traditional school schedule has a lot of benefits. Yeah, the other day I, I flipped our school day. In the morning, we went out on a adventure. And then when we got home, the kids did all their independent work and we did morning time when the babies were napping. That was really fun because we were able to get out when the weather was nice. And then when it got gross in the afternoon, we were inside and you just, yeah, you can't do that. Flexibility. Yeah. Yeah. We love it. The third item that I had is an interesting one. And it comes to mind because so many friends and people um, in the different online communities that we're a part of have brought this up about bullying in school. Mm. Um, I'm not going to say that our kids don't get bullied. They get bullied by their siblings first and foremost. And I've seen them get bullied by friends, children of dear friends of ours Kids do things to one another. They bother one another. They say call names. They poke. They prod. They snap. They, you want to jump in? Yeah. Our children have had conflict, not bullying, but conflict with other friends. And I have been able to work together with the parent of the other child involved in the conflict to help them work through their differences. And that to me was such a gift to see, I don't know, just to be able to walk a child through, okay, you're upset or that person hurt your feelings or you hurt this person's feelings. Okay, now let's go to that person and let's talk through what happened and is there something you need to apologize for? Is there something the other child needs to apologize for? And then they're able to do that in a safe environment, both both children. And then also as parents, we're able to kind of learn, oh, okay, this is a weakness of my child or this is an area that my child is clueless as far as um, caring for friends in a particular way. 
And so then we're all growing and learning about human interaction and how to love somebody well or um, just in general being able to um, resolve, learn how to resolve conflict without just completely either it being ignored or making it worse. Yeah, I mean, it's more close supervision of peer-to-peer interactions. I mean, that's basically what this is. The next item is the one that most people think of from an academic standpoint is you get to choose your own curriculum. This is the ability to choose what you study, but the manner in which you study it. You can choose from anything that's available online that you can order. I mean, the selection of textbooks at the public school system, I've read a little bit about it. It's hugely important, hugely influential. Parents have no idea. The people who are choosing, they can't. They don't have the time to even advise what they are. And so it's all done by basically the salespeople of these giant textbook companies. And the stuff that comes out of there is just horrible. Well, and a lot of times the teachers using that curriculum that has been chosen for them don't even like or enjoy Mm -hmm. the material. So that's a problem. So you can choose exactly what you're studying, but obviously the bigger benefit is that it allows each student to go at their own pace, to follow a subject as deeply as they want. If they find something that really grabs them, they can go on. It's not just bell rings, we're over, or we, you know, we read all we read the, you know, four pages in the textbook about the American Revolution, so now we're on to the next thing. Uh, you can dive deep, as deep as you want to go. And that's what really, I think, keeps the love of learning alive inside of a child's heart because there's so much in a traditional school system that cuts off that love. You could go deep on that stuff. Well, what's fun from my perspective is just seeing how things that we love as the parents of our children, we're able to share that with our kids And then that affection is trickled down to the kids. They start to love football and horses and the different things that we're also interested in. And I've seen it work the other way where a child will develop an affection for something that a teacher might have presented to a child. And, you know, I don't know if that thing is going to be good or not. It's more of a legacy that we're able to pass on just through exposure. Yeah, absolutely. The next item is the implicit curriculum of the public school is not there for your kids. And that is... What do you mean by that? That is the lessons from John Taylor Gatto of the Seven Uh Lessons School Teacher. When he says, you know... His job is not to teach reading or English composition. His job is to teach the lessons of school. He means the lessons like, you will always be under supervision. You must curry my favor because you can't be allowed to even go to the bathroom without my permission. You must obey. You know, school is just, because of the numbers of kids... It is not an exaggeration and not unfair to describe it as a prison, a prison with completely arbitrary rules made up 
to control the hordes of children coming from who knows what background. So it has to be very strict. And it always infuriated me as a child and as a student. I just don't deal well with those arbitrary structures. And it's also bad training for working within the context of systems outside of school. Some people say, well, they need to learn, children need to learn how to work within a bureaucratic system. And that can be true. But my experience has been that most systems are more adaptable than the school system. And other systems allow you to leave, which the school system makes very difficult. So definitely check out Gatto's work, The Seven Lessons School Teacher. It's available online. Another advantage being outside of the prison, I mean, I know it sounds inflammatory, but once, you, once you're freed from that prison, you really start to see how it restricts um, the life of your child. You get the opportunity to bring your kid into the real world, to work alongside people of different ages and different ways, be it in field trips, shadowing your friends at their jobs, working in apprenticeships, doing paid work, doing community service in nursing homes, with the poor, at the food bank, anywhere. I mean, you are only limited by your imagination and by your transportation options. And that's one of the largest advantages. I just love the idea of getting the kids into the real world so that they can get as much broad experience as possible. If you think about it, while in school, they're having one experience over and over again, sitting in a classroom, studying six or seven subjects for a year. And that's why kids don't know what they want to do when they get older. And so one of our goals is to give our kids as many broad experiences as possible. Outside of academics, you just get more time with your kids. And I know that it's kind of a joke that parents are like counting down the days until school starts so they can get rid of their kids. That just hasn't been our experience. We love our kids. We love spending time with our kids. And when we are with our kids and they do something that's just so adorable and Joy and I exchange that little look like, oh my goodness, take a mental snapshot of this. This is amazing. To think how many of those we would miss because our kids are spending the bulk of their life with complete strangers chosen by someone else, you know, teachers who get to either see those and enjoy those moments or those moments don't happen at all, it's heartbreaking. And, you know, I don't mean to demean teachers, but they're in a system that does not serve the students well. They're doing the best they can. You know, my mom was a school teacher. I've got lots of friends that are school teachers, but they're not my kid's parent. Joy, you're our kid's mom. I'm their dad. And I want us to be able to have those interactions with our kids that are just so adorable and they're going to make up the memories that we have of our kids childhoods and uh, I don't want to outsource those to someone else well what's been so much fun is watching the baby interaction with the older children and vice versa the older children loving on the baby and helping with her throughout the day or even the preschoolers that are home, whereas if they were in school, the older children wouldn't get, I don't know, it's just like these precious moments 
that happen unplanned intermittently throughout the day. So at lunchtime or on a walk or when a sibling needs help, you know, one of the older children will usually the kids will race to the bedroom to see who gets to pick up our baby first when she wakes up from her nap and or if the baby's laying on the floor on her blanket the older kids love to get on the floor with her and crawl around and coo with her and I mean you know if we were following a traditional school schedule you would probably be taking the kids to school Um, the baby would barely be up by the time the kids left the house and then they would have maybe three hours at home in the afternoon before the baby would go back down for to for bed so it's just I've to me that just is such a precious gift that they're getting to have in that time more time together developing those relationships we're going to move away from kind of the academic and even the family time things. We're going to talk a little bit about the big question that people have when it comes to homeschooling, the number one objection. And it's just a lazy objection. It's the objection that everyone who has never known a homeschooler family or never done any research says, what about socialization? And I'm sorry, but the socialization the kids go through in school is a disaster. They are not, so, who, who's doing the socialization? You never hear teachers talk about that they're socializing our kids because if they were, then we would recognize that that means these complete strangers to us are imparting their values and parents would throw a fit. So let's say they're not socializing our kids just for fun. That means those kids are socialized by their peer groups. It's the blind leading the blind. And if you honestly look back and take an honest and accurate assessment of what your time in school was, school socially Unless you happen to be one of those blessed few, you know, athletic, good-looking kids, it is about social survival. The, the film Mean Girls was such a hit because people recognized their school experience in that movie and in that book. Without saying anything, like, you don't have to share. I'm certainly not going to share. Listener, please don't share. Can you think back how many honestly humiliating and mortifying moments did you have in school? I have more than a handful. We moved multiple times, and my initial reaction every time my parents told me we were moving out of state was, Thank God. Now all these new kids I'm going to meet don't know about fill in the blank things that I did or were done to me. I'm so glad that we moved so many times. And that's just what it's like. You are socialized by all of these other kids. And unless you go to some unbelievably mature culture of a school, which I've never seen, and I've been to dozens. The culture of, of take everyone public school, maybe this is different at private school, but the culture of take everyone, everyone public school 
it in it encourages basically vice the things we don't want to encourage and virtue is demeaned you learn right away you don't show that you're interested in learning that you have the answer raising your hand only dorks do that you have to be an idiot to answer the teacher's question and they're sitting up there going guys these aren't rhetorical questions you're looking around going do you guys not know the answer let's move it along here fine i'll answer the question i know other people know the answer these games happen all the time kids who are you know everything but learning is encouraged was the most popular kid in your class the one with the best gpa i doubt it and so all of this just let me tell you who's socializing your kids at home you you are dictating behavior that is accepted and behavior that is disciplined you are socializing your kid and so they are going to have a better opportunity to live out the values that you value rather than the jungle of the social hierarchy in kindergarten or all the way up through middle school and high school. So I think the benefit of limiting the social humiliation and socializing your kids according to your culture and values is a huge benefit. Well, and one of the benefits we've seen is getting to expose our children to multiple ages so like we were able to develop we've developed relationships at this home and at our last home with neighbors who are much older like grandparent age and those sweet friendships have been such a blessing in our lives and then also relationships with grandparents so we've been able to have a regular interaction with my mom, she does uh, art lessons, and now she's switching to cooking lessons with the kids on a regular basis. And this is during school hours that uh, otherwise, you know, they wouldn't be available for. So that's been really fun on the socialization uh, platform. And then, you know, we already talked about the younger siblings and other people that they're able to interact with just within the family. The next benefit is one that most people don't consider and maybe it doesn't apply for most people, but it would have for my family of origin and it has for our family. If you move out of district, there's just less disruption. So we moved our family twice uh, within a year across country and the disruption for the kids honestly, was very minimal. If they had been pulled out of a place, you know, their school, the teachers there, 300 peers, you know, their whole routine built around that school and put into another school and then pulled from that school six months later and put in another school in a different state, that would have been hugely disruptive. They have to learn the new culture Trust me, speaking as someone who switched schools four times uh, in the 12 years of like primary and secondary education, it's a big adjustment. Now, it's not anything that I have any scars from, but it's a heck of a lot easier when your teacher doesn't change, your siblings are still there. It's just we're at a different table in a different room. There's just less disruption. So if you have um, a military family or you have a job that requires you to move periodically, homeschooling is a huge benefit for your kids. 
when we were on that adventure, homeschooling really became this huge blessing for us because it actually helped give us the routine and the harmony that helped keep some sense of normal when a lot of things in our life was up in the air and we weren't really sure, you know, what we were going to do next. But then we traveled across the country basically three times and ended up spending about a total of a month in the car with our kids over a six-month period. And during those, those car trips, we were actually able to do some morning time or our version of our family work. So we were able to incorporate listening to stories. We were able to listen to the Bible, do some worship. We were able to do some nursery rhyme listening and some fun songs together and even play some games. We played some math games in the car. And all of this made that time so much more enjoyable and it made the time go by much more quickly. And it was almost this comfort because we all knew that this was this is just what you do. We do morning time and it looks like this. And it doesn't matter if you do it at grandma's house or if you do it in the car or if you do it at a park. These are things that are part of our family. Then when we moved finally to our our current place, getting in the routine getting moved in and all the disruption that happens there, once we were able to get back into our routine, everything just was seamless. And instead of feeling like we had been torn apart, it felt like we had been built up and fortified together. And we were stronger together. We all had this sense of, oh, we've been on this big adventure together And then we had these shared stories that we could tell. And then we've got these different things now that have actually bore fruit from that season. Specifically, I'm thinking of the kids' love for the Seattle Seahawks that they developed because their grandparents really love that football team. And so they've taken that on as their own – So it's just little things like that that you kind of pick up. And then, again, it just – you can see that later that that had an effect. Kind of on that same path, something that I hadn't written down, but when you homeschool, you're freed up on where you can live. You know, when we moved, my family, when I was growing up, because kids are in school, you know, my parents' first priority was – to search over, in some cases, a multi-state area for the best public schools that they could put us into. And so that dictated where we could live. Um, Most of the time, the best public schools are in expensive suburbs. If you don't have to worry about where your kid goes to the local neighborhood school, you can live anywhere you want. If you want to live in a rural area, you can and not have to worry that it doesn't have the resources that an expensive suburban district has. If you want to live in an urban area in the city, you can and not be worried about uh, that it's underutilized and under-resourced city school district. That often can save you money on 
where you live on the home because you don't have to be in the most expensive home where people pay the most property taxes and they're most involved in their kids' education and that all dictates uh, educational outcomes for the local neighborhood schools, but also just from a lifestyle perspective. If you want to live in the city, you can. If you want to live two hours outside the city, you can. And your kid's going to get the same education because you're the one doing it. The next item that I want to talk about is that you have more control over your kid's environment. And by this, I mean screen time exposure, social media, and more explicitly choosing who their peers are and their friends. Some people act like this is a bad idea, that you should not be controlling your kids' lives to such an extent that a homeschooler can. And I think that's stupid. These are six-year-olds. I don't just send a six-year-old out into the wilderness and say, whatever random people you happen to run into and get along with and spend time with and whatever their parents have allowed them to do, you will now get to do because their friend's going to tell you about it. Their friend's going to show you their phone. You know, you may say, my kid's not going to have a smartphone until eighth grade, like that little pledge is going on, on around the internet about wait till eighth grade to get a smartphone. Well, it doesn't matter if the second grader next desk has a smartphone and is showing YouTube videos, which are harmless, and then all of a sudden two clicks and they're not harmless. So the reality is that we chose, I first got interested in homeschooling because of academic reasons, but more and more the cultural reasons are really showing themselves uh, to be a big reason why we're so glad that we're homeschooling you know, they end up being quote unquote political. I'm glad that my kids aren't in a restroom and then someone from the opposite sex goes in because transgender issues are happening in their district and parents aren't notified and they don't have any choices about it. And all of a sudden we have a conversation I wasn't ready to have with my eight-year-old. So it goes on and on, but it is appropriate and right that parents exercise control over their children's environment and lives. I believe strongly in the idea of cultural vaccination, which means we give them a little bit of the culture at a time of our choosing so that we can discuss the issues and build up an immunity so they have the opportunity to make virtuous choices that are going to be in their best interest. You know, Dave Ramsey has this saying that you know, you want to be weird because normal is broke, fat, and dumb. And when you look at the results of our public school, that's just the case. Um, the vast, almost majority, it's like 49% for the best. Public schools, their students are not competent or proficient or above at the basics that they are tasked with teaching. And if you talk about John Taylor Gatto, it's because that's not really what they're teaching. They don't really teach reading and arithmetic. The, the standardized tests prove that. They're teaching something else, and I don't want it on my kids' curriculum. So I think it's all right to have more control over their environment, and you dictate when they are exposed to more mature elements that you don't have control over, and you may never know otherwise. Well, speaking of environment, so 
on the other episodes, we've talked about my interest and followership of the Charlotte Mason method. And in that method, we often talk about that education is an atmosphere, a discipline, and a life. And what you're talking about is the atmosphere component. And one of the things that homeschooling has forced me to do is to create and be thoughtful and disciplined and intentional with the atmosphere of our home. So that means doing chores. That means having a certain attitude for myself. That means getting up in the morning and getting dressed and, you know, just everybody having a certain level of self-respect and um, diligence to do their work. I'm not saying that 